Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast, dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. Thank you for joining me today on this episode. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And today, a special interview with Coach Anthony Troshak of Brown City High School. That's up in Michigan, okay? And he shares in the first half of this episode what the Coach's Edge is all about, his membership, what he's been able to contribute to it, and all the things and areas that it's allowed him to improve as a coach and apply to not only his varsity team, but his entire basketball program as a whole. In the second part, he shares with us some of the things that he emphasizes with his team the first week of practice from defense, from communication, accountability, all of that and much more. Special thank you to Coach Tro for taking the time. Let's get to the show. Coach Tro. Welcome back to the Coach's Edge. How are you doing today? Doing great. Um, how about yourself, Coach? I'm doing well. I'm excited to speak with you and hear a little bit about how you're preparing for the season, which kicks off in a couple weeks, really talking about what that first week or so of practice looks like to you, and then also getting a chance to hear from you on our new Coach's Edge program that you're also a contributor and a member of. So, before we dig into the things that you're preparing for the season, the Coach's Edge just came up this past Tuesday. Registration ends on October 31st coming up. This episode releases October 26th, so it'll be about five, six days uh, while registration is still open at coachesedge.coach. And like I said, you're a member and a contributor. So share a little bit about what's inside and what you like most. Yeah, some exciting times. Uh, you know, didn't think we'd see this, you know, as basketball starting and then the coaches edge launching. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and overall, as you know, it, dealing with the coaches edge and kind of having um have an accountant looking through it. The big thing for coaches that I would say is the variety and options that it offers. It's, it's nice, like if I want to hop on and I need a rebounding drill, I can hop on and find a, a rebounding drill. If I want to hop on and look at a multiplayer drill um, uh, or even a ball handling, uh, anything with player development, I can hop on and pick and choose. And I think, like I mentioned, the options and the variety is the nice part. It's not like you have to do this step and then that and then that as far as the program. It's you get to pick and choose. It's really like an a la carte menu for any coach and they get the option that's that's best fit for their players and also best fit for their system um and then the player development and, and kind of short-sighted games or multiplayer drills is what i what we you know label them as uh right now it's like the bulk of the program and it should be um because it doesn't matter what schemes you're running what offense what defense if your players can't execute uh, the skills that, that that are needed for that system or that scheme, it, it doesn't matter. If they can't make the correct reads, it doesn't matter what you run. So I really, you know, think that coaches will get a lot out of that portion of the coach's edge because it is the bulk, the player development, um, the multiplayer drills, and it's going to continue to evolve and continue to be, you know, there's going to be things added onto it compared to if you're part of another program or you buy a DVD, like it, it, that's it. There's, n it's not going to be anything added onto it. Uh, there's other sections uh, like the 
the culture builder sections, which are just like quick hitters. And again, like as a coach, I can pick and choose what I want to implement into my program. And lastly, yourself, basically you've said that, you know, you're, if you're part of the coach's edge program, you're going to serve almost as like a, a distant assistant coach this year, which I think is like huge, you know, coaches can text you, um, maybe send you a little video and pick your brain um, and really help out their program. I certainly appreciate all the coaches that have signed up and been like, yeah, Steve, come on, let's, you know, <laughs> let's, let's get on this journey together. And, and you're, you're in with us. I certainly appreciate that. And that's been the feedback from the coaches that were in our beta test. The coaches that have signed up was, the variety of videos combined with uh, PDFs that just break down a specific skill, a workout, a play, whatever that might be, are really beneficial for coaches. And then a coach like yourself can print it off, hand it out to their whole team, hand it out to the coaching staff, whether it's a drill for rebounding, whether it's a transition drill, whether it's a small side of game, um, whether that's something to work on ball screens, it can be really beneficial. And you're saving time as a coach, right? By joining the, the program, you get access to so many things in one spot. And so it's like, all right, I need some plays. I can log on. I need a ball handling drill. I can go and log on. I'm trying to look for some culture and leadership that I can speak to my team before the season starts. I can go to the coach's edge and see what ideas that they have through video and PDF form that they've already put into place. Um, Coach, one of the reasons that I reached out to, to you was because when I started Kramer Basketball and we dug into, as, as a Kramer Basketball was starting to grow and I was working with players from multiple states, I knew I wasn't going to be able to see them consistently. And so that's when I started the online training program. I was working on the online training program. It came out in 2017. I was working on it in 2015. And as that came out, in 2017, continuing to add more drills and skills to it in 2018. So many people that joined it were coaches. And so that's when I saw that, okay, there's a need. There's a need here for coaches to access videos, PDFs, things that they can do to help work with their players. And then when I saw that that's a need for them from the player development side, I said, okay, well, let's build out even more areas that coaches can find beneficial because as important as player development is, it's not the only area, right? You have to run, especially as a high school basketball coach, such as yourself, a varsity coach, you're in charge of a program, right? So you need ideas from the first and second grade youth basketball program that you're running. You need uh, access to, and, and tips in how you're relating to parents, how you're being a positive member of the community with yourself and with your team. There's obviously a, a lot of strategy and X's and O's that go into being a, a basketball coach. And so when I reached out to you in 2019 about, hey, do you want to be a, a part of the coach's edge? I knew you'd be a perfect fit, right? You're a high school basketball coach. You're in the trenches, right? Uh, your background is education. You're a, a teacher. You got a background in uh, the physical education, right? Kinesiology. And then the other thing that I really love was, you know, your master's, you have a focus in coaching and leadership. So can you talk a little bit about how that's played a role and what you've been able to contribute to the coach's edge? Yeah, you know, uh, one, I appreciate the kind words. And two, it just provides like um, different areas, like you mentioned, 
um, where I can contribute. And what's nice with having you is one of my, I would say, weaknesses as a coach that I continue to work on is like player development. And you, that's where your strength is. So I feel like when you mentioned that, when we were first talking about this, I was like, wow, it's, it's a good fit um, where you don't, you have a lot of coaching experience, but you currently aren't coaching a team right now where I am. So I thought that, yeah, I can, I can help out this program and I can help share ideas with coaches and coaches are going through similar things that I've faced or are going to face and I can help them through that. Um, and then I just, I just uh, love studying the game and I love the leadership part of it. I love the culture part of it. I love, you know, also the schemes, like, like I dove into like the Princeton offense a little this summer and it was just fun. And, you know, we might not run any of it, but it's something that I could, I can share with other coaches and constantly studying the game and looking for ways to improve um, the Brown city program, but also just improve my knowledge because later on we might have the personnel that might be able to run a Princeton type offense or do something that I've learned in the past. And instead of learning it right then, I have some background information on, I know about it and I can, um, I can share it with coaches and then also ultimately like use it myself. Um, and like I said, I, I just really enjoy learning the game. I really enjoy sharing it. And I also enjoy like getting feedback from coaches because that's, that's when you really start to grow as a coach. And that's what makes the difference when you're having a conversation, for example, um, the shot selection uh, scale that, you know, I, I came on and discussed on the podcast. Uh, I had a coach from Toledo send me a text and he asked me some great questions about, Hey, are your players hesitant when you first implement it? And then he asked me like a situation in this situation, what would you do with this player? And, you know, I, I gave him the best answers I possibly could. And then a couple of weeks later, he goes, you know, Hey, I really like the system. We're going to implement it. It's great stuff. And then he said, one of my junior high coaches asked, um, you know, if you haven't heard the point scale system, I guess, listen to it. Uh, hopefully you understand this, but yes, if a player can miss a seven, um, why do we still call it a seven? His assistant asked him that. And he responded with, well, a player can miss a seven, but they should never miss a 10. Uh, so that's why we call it a nine. And that was probably bad actually explanation. But anyway, it, the big concept is that I learned from him and it's just a way to share the game. It's a way for me to also improve as a coach too. So um, long-winded answer for, um, I guess, that one. No, and, and that, that coach quickly became our first member to the Coach's Edge. And I think it's because of, you know, the, the variety of things where the player development that we have in, in place for our coaches to learn from. And also you're really digging into important topics with the Coach's Edge. Like, yeah, we made a podcast of it. We went multiple layers deeper with videos and PDFs in our membership site. So a coach like him can be able to download information, share it out with all of his coaching staff. And that's what we want to do with the Coach's Edge, program development. He's implementing that with his junior high kids because he wants to win year in and year out and be successful. And as a coach, that's what you want to do if you're building a strong program. It's, it's from the youth level, the grade school level, all the way on up. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do. Coach, you're really passionate about leadership, culture, 
this is another reason why I think we make a really great team is because so much of my personality is like, let's just go. Like it's, it's lead by actions and just kind of follow my lead. And if I need to use some words, okay, then I'll do it. And you take a much more holistic approach that, than I do. So talk about that and how that's also been able to contribute to what we provide for coaches on the website. Yeah. It's one thing I, I've, I've dove into. And like you said, I do have a master's in kind of coaching and leadership um, and there's a variety of classes, but really, the, the, I mean, the master's is master's, but the, the thing I got the most out of stuff was when I just really started studying leadership was after my first year coaching and I picked one thing that summer to like get better at. And I was like, I'm just going to read everything I have on leadership. And where did I start? Start with John Wooden. And I mean, one of the greatest leaders of all time. And then from there, it just like snowballed. And it was like a, an addiction to read about these great leaders and how and what, what made them great leaders. How did they motivate their players or whoever was, you know, following them? And it just kept going. And then, you know, you, you read one, two, three, four books, and then you get a suggestion to read another one. And it just keeps evolving. And it's constantly evolving. Something that I, you know, continue to study and, and culture, you know, there's books out there. The Culture Code's a great one. Um, by Josh Medcalf um, is great about, you know, self-develop or self-improvement and also has a lot to do with like leadership um, and culture. There's a couple of good ones. I mean, I could go on and on a list of books, but really that summer, I, I like I said, I, I dove into leadership and culture and I realized it was just like interesting to me um, and I enjoyed it. And ultimately, I think that's extremely important because at the end of the day, for a lot of these players, the ball's going to stop dribbling, whether it's most of them, it's going to be high school. Um, a few will play in college, but the ball will end up stop dribbling at dribbling at some point in their career. And do they have leadership skills um, to move on later into whatever career they choose? And I think that's huge. I think it's important. It's something that I try to emphasize that it, it's a game. It's basketball. It's fun. Yeah, we want to win. Yeah, we want to compete. But what skills are you taking? Are you letting the game use you so when it's done you, you get nothing from it besides you know some busted up ankles like myself and a crooked nose from some elbows or are you taking stuff from the game are you taking the characteristics of work ethic are do you know how to be a great teammate um do you you know are you a great communicator even small things like that how you communicate do you make eye contact with people do you use their names uh it's just simple small stuff that they're going to use later on in life um, that's much bigger than the game of basketball. No, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. You know, you can use basketball or basketball is going to use you. And, um, you know, you're, you're right on the money with that. And it's just a cool compliment again, that I, th I think we really help each other out in that area and we're able to pick each other's brains on certain things. And then as we continue to learn and develop, we put new information up on the, the website that other coaches can access as well. Um, Coach, there's a bunch of things that we're going to dive into in this podcast regarding the very beginning of practice. But I do want to say one more thing about the coach's edge. The cool thing about it is we're only opening it up a handful of times throughout the year. And when I say a handful, I'm envisioning there's only three times throughout the course of an entire year where coaches can even join. And so I think what that does is if you're a coach, and you want to dig in with a small group of coaches that want to learn from each other, want to help each other out, 
and get access to things that I've been working on for years and years from PDFs and videos and things that we continue to learn as coaches, you can get that in a very kind of exclusive access uh, kind of way. And that allows us to truly be able to help one another out on a personal level instead of you being just a number and a coach who happens to have an account that they pay for with whatever coaching platform it might be. That's not the case. Like I've been in communication with every single coach so far that has been a part of our membership personally. And that's something that I want to continue to provide as long as I possibly, possibly can. Um, we won't open it up until probably March. And then there might be one time during the summer where we, we open it up again. And then, you know, it'll probably be October again. So any coach that's interested, you can reach out to me. It's contact at Kramerbasketball.com. The website is coachesedge.coach where you can check out the information that we have. So coach, I feel just to add on that, I feel like I was the, the first ever non-official member of the coach's edge because for the last three, five years, I've been picking your brain. I've been asking you, I've been saying, Hey, you got a drill for this, that, and basically now there's a program for it. Uh, I was doing it before it was out there and so easily accessible. So um, I think it's great for coaches and they're really going to benefit from it. Well, I, you know, you, you and a handful of other coaches are in a sense, the reason that I started this website and membership platform was because again, you, you don't, anytime you build something, you don't just get an idea and say, Hey, I'm going to build something and hopefully people join, right? There should be a, a need. And, and that's what I learned with, as I was traveling and working with all these coaches, but I couldn't be with them consistently. The online training program from a player development standpoint, there was a need for, for more. And then there's coaches like yourself who are reaching out to me throughout the course of the year. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love that. And so it's like, there's a need for more than just skills and drills and teaching points. Let's put as much as we can into one bucket, one area where a coach like yourself can go in there and learn from, okay, I need some place. I need a culture activity that I can do with my program at the beginning of the season. I need a skill development program for my first and second, third and fourth graders. What does that look like? And we, we just put it all together to serve a coach like yourself. And then if you have questions, yeah, you're still going to shoot me a text, an email or a phone call. And I'm happy to, you know, pick, pick each other's brain and answer any questions or give you as many ideas as I can. Now I'm ready to pick your brain. Go ahead. Practice starts in a few weeks. What does the first week of practice look like for you? Um, you know, at a smaller school, it's going to maybe look a little different from a bigger school, but overall, it's probably going to be same for, and I'll just share what, what we're going to do is it's going to be laying down the foundation of our offense, defense, transition, skills, and culture. Um, and two big kind of culture pieces we'll talk about, especially the first week will be how we communicate and developing a player led team. Cause I think that's important. Um, you know, Tom Izzo says a player player led team uh, is usually well, more successful than a coach led team. So that'll be a big emphasis the first week accountability. Um, another big emphasis is going to be competing. We're going to put them in drills. We're going to put them in situations where they have to compete uh, each day. Actually a player, will be matched up with a teammate 
uh, the entire practice. So if there's any one-on-one drills, let's say I'm on the white team, Coach Kramer, you're on the green team. So, um, or we're matched up as partners, actually. Sorry, we're matched up as partners. One of us would go white, one of us would go green. It doesn't matter which color jersey we have. We just have to be opposite because we're partners. And then we'll compete against each other in one-on-one drills. And then if we go two-on-two, you would have to find somebody from the same, you know, that's wearing the same color jersey as you. So they, you know, you're based on usually skill level and you're going to be going against somebody that's going to challenge you. Uh, You're going to be going against somebody that'll make those teams fair. Um, And then we would, you know, build up and speaking of that kind of build up from one-on-one and then two-on-two and then three-on-three. As we're teaching uh, like principles of our defense, um, we start with one-on-one, start two-on-two and build up to some four-on-four and some five-on-five. And there might be times um, throughout the week where we go four-on-zero or five-on-zero just for the teaching purposes. But really, I want to layer concepts on top of each other um, the first week. And I want the players to know, like, why are we doing this? What, what, what is the purpose of this drill? How, how are we going to use it in the season? Um, so those are some things that we want to work on the first week. And then we want up-tempo. We want fast-paced. Um, guys are coming in from different sports or coming in from not playing a sport. So we got to do our best to get them in shape. And the best way to get in basketball shape is to play basketball. Um, and also want to see where they're at um, as far as, you know, skill-wise and competitiveness and kind of find our identity as a team. Um, so those are some things we'll, we'll definitely hit on in the first week. But again, it's a progressional buildup of usually some one-on-one, some two-on-two small-sided games, and then we build up some more four-on-four where we add concepts on top of each other. I love the fact that you're competing. I think that in in basketball, for many of today's players, there's – opportunities to to play okay whether that's travel basketball open gyms whatever that might be depending on the size of school your location that might look look different but kids can play your kids can train but if we don't have the competing aspect in there that's really going to hurt us when games are on the line the league championships on the line throughout the course of the season and you're implementing that with all of the things that you do throughout practice, not just, okay, there's 15, 20 minutes left in practice. Now we're going to play. Now this is compete time, right? You're sprinkling that in throughout. What does the first week of practice really look like? The first week of practice? um... Yeah, as far as like uh, coaches are always talking about practice plans and you know, making sure that they're spending adequate amount of time in the things that they really have wanted to focus on throughout the course of the year. What does that look like for you? Uh, no fluff. Um, I don't want to just run a drill because I saw it on Twitter this summer and I want to put it in. I really asked myself, how does this impact our offense? How does it fit into our defense? Where does it fit into our skill development? Um, that's one big thing. And I'll admit there's probably a little unintentional fluff at the beginning of the season because we might change how we do things on offense we might tweak it um but you know you know you don't know until you get into competition and games um big thing is routines i think it's very important for players to know and what to expect when they get out there and practice especially to start practice um you know if they get out before the time starts they kind of have some some of their own time to work on some skills that they want to work on. 
But once the clock hits zero and we start practice, uh, we usually get into our form shooting series, which, you know, I took pretty much those five phases of form shooting from you. And then I've added some like add-ons, um, some stuff off the dribble. So every day there's an add-on or whether it's, you know, coming off a curl, coming off a pin down, uh, a flare screen that'll be added onto that form shooting. Um, and then ball handling and some days it might be one, but one ball, some days it might be two, some days it's a combo of working on like our first step, um, working on attacking. I, I think players need to dribble the basketball, um, especially in our program. That's one area we, we want to focus on is improve our attacking and ball handling and then finishing. Um, so have a variety of different drills to finish. And just like you mentioned, and you might want to, you know, go through your progression real quick, but you know, you go one on zero, then you go one on dummy, then you go guided and then it's live. And that's kind of what we do. Now it might not be right there, then and there where you go back to back to back to back, might have some other things in between. Um, another thing that we work on um, consistently is like defensive actions. So there's multiple actions that you're going to see the most picking, you know, a pick uh, ball screen, um, uh, screen, the screener, flare screens, um, a back screen into a ball screen, uh, dribble handoffs, things like that. And we have kind of how we're going to defend those actions. They, we tweak them a little from year to year, but the first week we're going to put those in. So that way, when we run a team that runs a lot of ball screens, we're prepared. We don't have to go, Oh, this is how we're going to defend them. Oh, we're going to do this, this, that. No, it's since day one, we're laying down the foundations. And then day two, we might go over flare screens. And then the day before we play a team that runs a lot of flare screens, the, the guys already know, they know um, the keys. And so that's something we work on every day is common actions. Um, another thing, shooting, we shoot a lot. Um, I was thinking about this, um, entering the podcast, and I kind of tried to give a number to coaches out there but between our probably our shooting warm up, which is usually eight to 10 minutes, uh, we run a five ball um, drill. It's kind of like the, most coaches have seen it, like a three man weave, and then the guys get shots and then it goes the other way. So it's back and forth, um, that drill. And then I usually want one more mass shooting, what I call a mass shooting drill um, in practice. And that's more of like a blocked type of um, drill. And then one more randomized shooting drill in practice. But between all those, I'm guessing this is my best guess. And it's pretty, you know, I, I wrote some numbers down, but probably 80 to 100 shots per practice per player. Um, and one thing I need to do a better job of emphasis this year is getting more finishing in. Uh, we were taking 80 to 100, you know, 15 footers, three pointers, um, pull ups. Now I need to get uh, 60, if not 100 finishes at the hoop. Um, so that's why I've incorporated that more into our um, early, early skill development in our practice. Um, another thing uh, in our practice plan is success criteria. So we have like keys uh, for the day. So that way players, when they walk into practice, they know like what, how do I have a successful practice today? Well, these are the things we're working on. And we go over those. And I think I think it was Jay Billis in the book Toughness. But he said that if he could go back, one thing he'd change was when he he would prepare for practice better. Instead of just go through practice, do what the coaches said, go through the motions, he would have something that he would specifically work on. So as a coach, I try to give that 
um, to players. And throughout the year, it'll even go more in depth as like an individual thing. Like, hey, I really want you, you know, working on seeing both on defense. Um, where somebody else it might be, I want you to try to really compete passes. Every, every time you're guarding somebody or you're off the ball, I want you to compete every pass, try to get a deflection. Um, so it'll go more individualized as the season, as the season goes on. Um, two other things in our practices that I'll mention is advantage drills. So whether the offense or defense has an advantage to start the possession, I think it's huge because if a team can take a small advantage and turn it into a big advantage, they're going to be successful. And if a team can be at a disadvantage and get a stop and find a way to kind of neutralize that, they're going to be a good defensive team. So I think it's important for um, coaches to put their teams at advantages on offense and disadvantage. And obviously you're working on both at the same time. Um, and then lastly, on every practice plan I have on the bottom, it says relationships. And I want to, I want to reach out to three or four players on something specific to build relationships with those players. It could be that I know that they're, you know, a big um, Michigan fan. And I talk about, you know, the Michigan game, the previous night, it could be, on a Monday and I know they went to visit some family over the weekend, ask them about that. It doesn't always have to be something basketball related, it could be something else. And usually I try to get to those players uh, during our, our, shoot, our form shooting routine or something early in practice. This was some golden stuff. Um, you know, you, you really laid out many different things that I think other coaches could really, really benefit from. Like there's some nugget in here that you apply and we're just talking early season, preseason practices. You know, I, just, I was taking a bunch of notes, a couple things that stuck out to me. Um, you talked about in the very beginning, specific defensive schemes. Are those things that you're implementing the first week of practice already? Yes. Um, for the most part, I'll, I'll probably want to do one or two the first week of practice. Um, and they'll, they'll, it might be as simple as if you're one pass away, you know, some more positioning stuff. Um, as far as actions, we'll probably get into maybe just ball screens the first the first week of practice. We might get into uh, defending a down screen, you know, hip and trail, or you're going to shoot the gap, um, depending on who you're going to guard. But I would say two at the most in the first week. It depends also. Some weeks, first weeks are different than others, especially at a smaller school. One year we had like, we basically practiced with almost all of, well, we did practice with like ninth through 12th graders, and we broke them like into stations. Um, it was it was due to uh, like our volleyball team. Uh, they usually make a really good run in uh, in the, um, the state tournament. So I, we, were, we were all practicing together for a couple of days so the boys could go to the game. So it does look a little different. But for the most part, yeah, I want to get one or two common actions in and then a lot of positioning. No, that's that's great stuff. Um, you're using you talked about relationships. You're using certain practice times also to go and speak with certain athletes, correct? Correct. Um, the big two times I use is um, in the beginning when they're doing form shooting or they're going through kind of their warm up. I would call. Um, that's one spot where I try to touch base with players. And the second would be we shoot two free throws and we rotate around five hoops. So they end up shooting 10 free throws. And as they're rotating, I try to go around and talk to, to players because it's one, it's a little more downtime. They're shooting free throws or walking from hoop to hoop. I can grab a player and talk to him when he's going from one hoop to the other. So those are two times that I try to look up, look and um, um, touch base with players.
That's great. As the saying goes, you know, players don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. And you're doing that throughout the course of the practice. That's fantastic. You talked about advantage, disadvantage, which I think is so key, whether that's, you know, there's a many different situations that we could break down. Could you share with our coaches one situation that you would practice with your team? Let's say, um, let's go defensively. Let's say your team is a team that doesn't want to give up the middle. Well, it's going to happen. I hate to break it to you at some point. It's going to happen. So I would simulate that that start of a player on the wing has a step on their defender and they go middle and then you play out of it. Um, and you go over your, you know, you're going to stunt here. Uh, probably the bottom guy is going to have to have two. So he's the guy that has two. He's going to take the first pass out things, things that um, whatever your principles are. But once that initial, you know, stunt happens, the ball's passed out, you recover. That's what you're trying to work on. Can you get back to that level playing field where you're not a step behind the offense? And can you go, can you set your defense back basically? And it also works for the offense too, or on the flip side, if you're a team that doesn't want to give up middle and you're making them, or you don't want to give up baseline and, and you set up a drill that, well, gives up the baseline, how are you going to recover out of that? So that's what I meant by advantage, disadvantage drills. And then can the defense neutralize it, but also can the offense take advantage of that situation and get a good look off of it? Yeah, even though your focus, what you're emphasizing may be defense, half your team still getting reps up working on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, and there's a lot of ways that you could set that up for that specific drill. Like if you were going three on three, you could put weak side corner, weak side wing, right? If I'm on the right wing with the basketball, I could put the basketball behind on the defender's back and then rip it and drive. I could go hip to hip. So I'm dribbling the basketball outside the three point line on the, on the right wing and the defensive player is not in front of me, but they're on my right hip. So they're closer to the, the baseline. And then I take off with the dribble and then they're trying to, to recover. You have, like you talked about the gap defense, whatever your philosophy is to, to help the switch, to stunt, fake, whatever that, that might be. Um, it could start with a pass, right? Maybe the coach has the basketball up top, but you're putting the defender to the side or to the back. And then as soon as the ball is in the air, okay, now it's recovery mode in, into the attack. Bunch of great ways that you can work on advantage, disadvantage. I love that. Um, last question, coach, as you've, you know, you're a student of the game, you're always trying to, to, to learn more about the game. What is something that you're most looking forward to implementing with your team this season? Ooh, uh, most looking forward to um it's a tough question and i'll definitely let's see i'm gonna go with uh our competitive cauldron that we're gonna introduce this year and it basically is just a way to track wins and losses in practice and the word competition basically comes from the word stri strive together and that's how i'm going to approach it that's how i'm going to present it that we're competing, but ultimately we're competing to get better. Um, you know, I'm competing against my teammate because I know if I give my best that day, he has to respond with his best. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to beat him that day. And, you know, if you have a competitive bone, which we talked about how important competing is in practice, um, you're not going to want to lose. 
And also like, I think it's fun, like for the kids to compete and practice compared to just, Hey, we're going to run this drill. You're going to dribble this. You're going to do that. We're going to compete. All right. And we're going to have fun. We're going to get after it because often come game time, that's what you do. Um, but the competitive cauldron uh, first heard about it. Um, Anson Dorrance from North Carolina soccer team um, who has 22 national championships in soccer. So he's, he's a decent coach, you know, <laughs> but he developed it and kind of coaches have taken it and tweaked it. And JP Nerman, um, I kind of took it from him, got, got an actual, um, a Google sheet from him that really just tracks like players, wins and losses. And it's going to be, I'm interested to see, you know, who, who's kind of on the top of that. It actually ends up ranking the players based on, you know, their wins and their losses. And you can, you can really have a lot of freedom in it as far as what, what type of drills you want in your competitive cauldron, one-on-one drills, two-on-two drills, shooting drills. And as a coach to track it, I'm not going to make every single drill a cauldron drill because I feel like I'd be tracking everything and it would be crazy and it would almost lose its, um, its kind of shine. Um, so I'll say certain drills are, are, comp- are competitive cauldron drills. And this one we're gonna, we're going to um, keep track of and also have a sign in the gym, um, getting that made right now. It's about a four foot by a three foot sign that will have players' names on it. And if they win, let's say you're in a drill coach Kramer with three other guys for one-on-one closeouts. And if you win that drill, you go over there, you give yourself a win in the win column and the three guys that you beat would you give them losses and then at the end of practice you know i'll take that sign i'll add it into uh, the google sheet and it'll end up computing you know um, win percentages and things like that so i mean i'm definitely um looking forward to that but like i said i don't want players just so focused on competing and winning that they lose track of the fact that you're why you're doing it you're doing it to get better and like i said you're doing it to have fun it's fun to compete and i want players to have that competitive drive and I want players to have fun in practice. And I'm thinking of myself, if when I was playing, if that board wasn't up on the wall, I was keeping track of my head anyway. <laughs> like I knew if I won something, if I lost something, if practice would have finished and you would have said, Steve, how did you do in this shooting drill compared to somebody else? I would have told you if I beat him or not. And if it was a one-on-one, if it was like, you know, and so because it's fun, right? It's fun, but you're taking it a step deeper and you're able to actually see what some of those players are doing that lead to wins. My question on that is when you track those wins, it's not, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not just individual based, right? They could be on a team and the team could win and they would all get a win as well. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up in the actual Google Sheets. Um, that I have, uh, <clears throat> you can weigh like the different drills. So right right now I have one-on-one and two-on drills that are weighted as 10% each. And then I have like three-on-three and four-on drills. And again, I've just been tweaking it, messing around with it before the season. Those are at, I believe, 20%. And then the more you get up, like a five-on-five drill, I think it's worth 30%. So you could win a bunch of one-on-one drills, but then your team goes out there, you know, in a four-on-four drill. So they, they, you can wait it. Now, will I keep it that way? I don't know. That's something me and um, the JV coach and assistant coaches are discussing right now, what's best um, practice. But yes, you're absolutely right. It's not just for one-on-one drills. It's for two-on-two, three-on-three. You could even, you can, a coach could add conditioning. If they want to 
keep track of who's winning, losing conditioning. They could have a category for that and they can compute that out. So it, it's something I'm interested in um, and something I'm going to definitely be able to share with the coach's edge as the season goes on, as I learn from it too. Yeah. Um, you know, what I, what I like, what I, what I would change. Um, so it, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you're tracking the individual and the team side of things, because in the end, if we're competing and improving individually, that should factor into team play. However, there are so many little tiny things that certain players do that lead to winning in a game that they may not show up when they're doing an individual one-on-one drill, or maybe shooting just isn't their best strength, but that's something that you track. But they understand spacing. They understand timing of passing. They understand, you know, when to help, when not to help. And all those things show up when you're doing some of these other games. So I love that. I, I'm looking, I've, you've shown me a little bit of that and I can't wait for our coaches edge members to be able to see and, and, and pick each other's brains on what can best help their program as well. Coach, anything else that we want to add before we finish out the podcast? No, I, you know, just best of luck to all the coaches that are out there listening to this. I know you've probably waited a long time to get back in the gym and, you know, have your team back as a whole. And I just want to thank you for um, listening to this podcast. And I want to thank you for doing what you're doing. It's not easy being a coach. And that's why I know Coach Kramer created the Coach's Edge. And that's why he's doing this podcast to help coaches. And just, you know, I want to thank you. And because you are changing the lives of kids and you're making it a better place. And in a world that right now has a lot of, I guess, negativity, you know, it's, it's a tough time right now. Make basketball, you know, that that bright spot for that kid and that highlight for that kid and just have fun with them. And best of luck this season, coaches. Couldn't say it any better. Uh, Coach Troshak, thank you for being on the podcast, sharing your knowledge, your passion for the game with all the other coaches that are listening. And for our coaches out there, if you're interested in learning more about the Coach's Edge, you can contact us on Twitter. It's at Coach's Edge 1. You can hit me up personally in my email, contact at KramerBasketball.com and the website, coachesedge.coach. It'll be down in the show notes. Registration is open only for a handful of days. We're accepting a small group of coaches that we can help assist throughout this next basketball season. Thanks again for listening and get after it today.